Welcome back and thanks so much for listening to another episode of Perfectly Imperfect. This is your host, Leslie Regalado, and you're listening to a show where we believe that being perfectly imperfect is okay. And actually, we believe it's pretty darn great. In hopes of serving you and others, I'll be sharing about all things life, all things that we might experience at one point in our lives, because although it might seem like we're sometimes all alone, especially during our toughest seasons, we're not. I'll also be having conversations with other perfectly imperfect humans whose stories might just inspire you to go out there and live the heck out of your life. That is my prayer for you today and every day. And like Dr. Sue said, be who you are and say what you feel because those who mind don't matter and those who matter don't mind. Today, we're going to talk to Michelle Cunningham, who is someone that went from introvert to a successful serial entrepreneur, which I love that. I read that somewhere on your profile. And I was like, yes, 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 yes. Someone that's an introvert, we usually expect them to be quiet and shy and not really get out of their comfort zone um, often, but you have. So just tell us a little bit about yourself. Awesome. Okay. Well, my journey has been... I, I, I like to take it from the beginning because I think it's important to know someone's backstory. But I grew up incredibly poor. My mom uh, raised us by herself. My dad left when I was six. My brother was eight and my younger brother was three. And so my mom raised us, uh, basically the three of us, with uh, a daycare in our house. She opened up a little daycare and that's how we made ends meet, sort of. But like when things would break in the house, <laughs> like the furnace or anything would break, we just wouldn't have enough money. And so I just like I grew up just not having enough, like realizing that I didn't have enough and watching the kids around me who had plenty. And, you know, they didn't, when they wanted something, they just got it. And I lived in a completely altered like state where like, I just wanted Pantene shampoo to be rich, like the wealthy kids that were out there. And so I just remember like, or I'd go to my friend's house and she would have fresh apples. And I was like, I wish, why can't we have fresh apples? We had little Debbie snacks. Cause that's like the, you know, the sheep thing. And so I, I just, at, at six years old, I knew that I wanted more. I knew that I wanted to have choices and I wanted to have a different life. And so I don't know if, you know, it's like, it was it, uh, was I a product of, of my upbringing or was I just a really driven person? I don't necessarily know, but I never believed that I had a bad life. I always had a very positive attitude and I don't know if that's just how I grew up, but I believed like everything was kind of a blessing. And so I believe that everything that happened happened for a reason. And, and so it, it forced me to pay my way through college. I worked 40 hours a week at Applebee's while going to college full time. And when I graduated, I landed my dream job as a pharmaceutical sales rep. And so it was in having that, that dream job that I realized it wasn't so dreamy. <laughs> and a coworker called me and uh, said to me, Hey, you know, I don't know if you're interested, but my wife's going to this event tonight you know, it's direct sales. You can make money working from home. And I was like, I don't, I don't know what that is, but I'll go. And I went and I remember there was a lady in the room claiming to make six figures, another one that was a millionaire, another one that was driving a free car. And I sat there in the audience and I'm like, this is either a really good opportunity or this is totally a scam. And I went home and told my mom <laughs> at 23 years old. And she's like, sounds like a scam, whatever that is, I would not get involved. So I was not joining. And then a week later, I remembered I was 23 and I just, I just always had this thought in my head that I was made for more and I wanted to challenge the status quo and I wanted to be a pioneer and I wanted to do different things. And while I love my mom and I love her today and I respect her, she sits at a cubicle and she loves her job, but like, that's not, I'm not interested in that, like never. And so I wanted to be like the people who were doing different things. And so this to me was an opportunity, a low startup cost to get involved, to maybe figure out a way to own my awesome and figure it out. And so I 
signed up. And that was 16 years ago. And back then when I joined, there was no text message, there was no Facebook. And so the only advice they gave back then is you're going to build a business by walking up to strangers in parking lots. And I'm like, oh, that's actually horrifying. <laughs> like, <laughs> like as an introvert, I'm like, I can't do that. And so I proceeded to tell no one I was involved with the company for the past, uh, for, for the next six years. So for six years, I tell no one I'm involved. And then at 29 years old, I get fed up enough with my corporate job. I had gone from uh, pharmaceutical sales. I was working for Merck, a top pharmaceutical sales company. Then I jumped two and a half years later into uh, uniform sales. So I was selling high-end uniforms in Southern California to hotels. It was very fancy and fun. And then two years later, I was like, but I want to be a real entrepreneur. So I got into commercial real estate. So I'm like, I'll own my own business. But that was right when the real estate market crashed. And so I went from making great money to making no money and realized that I wanted to be in an industry that was kind of recession-proof. And that's what drew me back to direct sales. It was at that point that I said, you know what? I, am, I think I've done my six years with corporate America. I want to I do me now. And so I found a lady that sold for, for that company in my town that's earned over $3 million. She's driven 14 free top-level cars for the company. And she became my mentor. And what I loved about her is that she wasn't perfect. You know, I think sometimes we see someone who's confident and perfect and they, they shut us down because you're like, you are not normal. <laughs> and I am insecure, right. but you're crazy and perfect. But she was, she was just a very normal, shorter lady. She's 4'11". She has short, spiky hair. She doesn't wear a ton of makeup. She's kind, kindest human you'll ever meet. And yet she had had such insane success while suffering from social anxiety. And she had even fainted at some of her first parties. And like, I heard her story and I was like, you know what? This lady gives me hope. Like maybe I could do this. And so I started to follow her system, texting people, using Facebook, just doing things a little bit differently. Again, using my, the pioneer side of me that likes to try things differently. And I started to see success. That first month I made $1,000, which wasn't a ton of money, but I, in my head, I'm like, dude, if I could just double or triple this, this is a viable source of income. Fast forward six months later, I kept following her system and had earned a car and was making $5,000 a month and decided that that was going to be my journey. And so I kept building that and building that. And while I was building that for the next 16 years, I also found a place online. I started building a YouTube channel where I trained direct sellers and network marketers how to have success in the industry. So I'd come home from a party, take care of my customers, take care of my team, but also put a video out there and share what I was doing. And I literally did that for 10 years, just offering free advice with a free website, putting a ton of value out there. And inadvertently had built a little bit of a following where I was helping other network marketers and direct sellers. And I, it filled my cup so much because they were like, oh my gosh, I did that thing you shared and it like totally changed my life and my business. And I was like, oh, like that made me just feel like, huh, I felt like called to like serve more people. You know, yes, my team was having tons of success. I had a thousand people in my downline, but I just like kept thinking, gosh, like th there might be a business here where I could help even more people. And so this year I decided to, I've had, you know, I've had online CDs that I've sold for a few years, but I've never really mentioned them. I've been kind of quiet about it. But this year I said, you know what? I teach other people to own their awesome and step out into their greatness. And so this year I decided, you know what? Yeah, I am serving my team of a thousand. We are rock and rolling. We are kicking it. We're doing amazing things, but there's other people out there that I know could benefit from my introverted training that I have. And I started to offer that on a bigger scale. And that business, it, I think it was a God thing. I have no other explanation other than, than, than God called me to this crazy platform because suddenly that business exploded. Like, like exploded this year like I never would have dreamed. And, and I thought to myself, 
huh, is this, this wasn't the plan. <laughs> this was not where I was going to go and build network marketing all day long. That's what I was going, I'm going to the top. That's what I'm doing. But this other thing took off in such a way that I, I'd sit at dinner with my husband at night and say, honey, like, what do I do here? Like I could keep doing both or maybe I'm called to a new level. Maybe I'm called to a different platform where I can help an international market and I can create trainings and free videos and do like even more and impact more lives. And I, we would talk about it. We talked about it for 10 months, 10 months. And it wasn't until recently that I decided, you know what, I'm going to honor that because I had a friend say to me, she said, so, you know, I know that you say you're struggling with this and you're asking for God to give you clarity before you go and make a jump, right? You're asking for him to give you peace before you, you make a big decision like this. And she said, she said, do you know that our, our God calls us to be obedient before he will give us peace? And it was just like the one thing I needed to hear. I was like, gosh, you're so right. For 10 months, I've been struggling with like, what do I do? Like, I feel really like I'm here for my team. But then I had this other side where I'm like, this is so big now. I don't know what to do. And I decided to honor that calling. And, and my mission and my passion was showing other people is you own your awesome. If you feel called, if you hear something in your heart, you feel a calling, you go chase after that. And I went and chased after that. And it has been so freeing and so exciting because now I serve like network marketers and direct sellers all across the world. I help them with their business and I have so many fun things planned, but I've been able to launch all these different programs, online courses and CDs and plan to write a book and have a podcast just like you. I want to have a podcast. <laughs> so it's just been really. Oh, and I have no doubt that you will. <laughs> I will. So I'm excited. So that's the backstory. And sorry, it's kind of long winded, but that was uh, how I got to where I am today. No, you know what? I, I love hearing you. I've enjoyed watching your YouTube videos in the past and just listening to your training. I think you're so engaging, funny, you know, it's, um, no, you know, you're like, like you said, normal with the, with your mentor, you just, you're normal. You're, you know, I see some of your posts on social and it's just, you're just like everyone else. You know, you have the times where you don't look all put together. You have kids that, you know, make messes. You have, you know, situations that I think we all have and being so relatable, I think is what is one of your strengths and being willing to share all of that and be vulnerable to the public or to, you know, everyone that's watching. So I was um, a little curious when you decided to make the jump. And I know a lot of times we do want that confirmation. We do want to be sure. But do you think that that is really, I guess, a possibility? Um, I just sometimes wonder that so many times we have to jump before we know that there's something that's going to catch us. What was it for you like at that time? Yeah. So how did I know it was the right time for me to jump? So, you know, I think that sometimes we like, oh, I hear this little voice in my head. I'm going to go do this thing. But <laughs> that's not smart, right? I think that you need to prove success, right? In that before you go jump and do something wildly, like you need to prove success, right? And, and, and again, it could be different, right? Say you're involved with something and you're like, I don't really enjoy this. Like my heart is empty. I don't want to do this. That's different. But let's say you're in something and let's say it's network marketing. It could be a business that you're building, whatever it is. Like, I believe that, that chase after that, build it, make it really successful. And it could then launch you to a new platform. Like it could then be the, the launching for like, oh, now I can do this. Um, and, and, you know, I think it's, it's different for each person. But if you're doing something that you cannot find joy in the journey, then, then stop doing that. Like, 
I have always found joy in everything that I've done. I found joy in the journey. And maybe that's my happy attitude. Like every job I had, even if it was stupid, I was like, you know, I kind of love this. This is fun. I like waiting tables. I like doing commercial real estate. I like, you know, I found joy in the journey. But if you have something that's completely draining you, maybe a nine to five job that's just not serving you, then, then by all means, stop doing that and start chasing after the life that you want. So for me to leave my job and to leave the comfort of like an income was a big jump, but, but I had stopped having joy work. I, I just didn't have joy working for someone else. Like, like I didn't, I don't want you to tell me what to do. I don't want you to tell me when I can wake up. I don't want you to tell me when I can go on vacation and I don't want to have to call in when I'm sick. I just want to do me. And, and that was so important to me. And so in, in knowing that about myself, I just went and did me. And, and yes, that first year when I left my job and now I was, oh, I have no income unless I make money. Guess what? That's when I had to step up into my greatness. I was like, I am in really big trouble and I will not eat today if I do not make this work. <laughs> and so I think right. that you need to do that. And I grew up poor, so I know what it's like to not have money. So I was like, you know what? We are going to cut expenses. And what did I do that year? I cut, I literally... Like I didn't allow myself to have gum because that was an extra expense. I cut out cheese because cheese is expensive. Salt is the same as cheese. <laughs> like I found ways, no more Starbucks coffee. Don't get your nails done. I didn't get my hair done. I literally cut every expense out so I could live at bare bones so that I could rebuild myself into the life that I wanted. And so I always think of the saying, it always gets a little messier before it gets cleaner. You know, when you're cleaning your kitchen, it always gets a little messier before it gets cleaner same when we were reorganizing something. But I felt that about my life at that moment was like, it's going to get a little messier, but we are going to clean this up. We are going to build an entrepreneurial powerhouse life where I can be free to be me, be home with my kids, do my life, not have to worry that I have to be at this job or feel controlled or confined by, by the typical nine to five structure that just literally made me feel ill. And so I would say to someone that if you're fighting with that kind of feeling, then then by all means, figure out what is the bare bones you can live on so that you can go and live your awesome life and start creating it. And, and that first year is not easy. Like, not at all, because you're like, I have no money. <laughs> but it's so worth it, you know? Oh, I agree. And I love what you said, because you're right. We have to be willing to make a little bit of a sacrifice if we know that we are made for more. You know, And I believe in our gut, we know. We know that we know that we know that we're not meant to be right there. Now, there are some people that are, I've met a ton of people that are very happy where they're at. And I look at their life and I'm like, without judgment, I'm like, oh, no, like I would not, you know, I would not be happy. But they're truly satisfied. Like they're they're good. But then there's other people like yourself, like myself, that in our guts, we just know. We know that there's something more and we almost have to be unwilling to quit until we find that one thing, those two things that bring us the kind of joy that we want to experience. And I loved what you said at the very beginning. You said, you know, you don't know if it was your upbringing, if it was your attitude, you know, what did it that pushed you from, you know, kind of being the quiet, you know, shy, introverted person to, you know, building such success in your businesses. And I, you know, what you said was you're very positive. You know, you believe that everything happens for a reason. You knew that you were meant for more. And these are common things that I hear that I've heard, you know, through podcasts, I've heard books, I've read. These are things that I say that I believe makes 
people that are going to be successful, whether they are now or not yet, this is what stands us out. The fact that, you know, we do see the positive in everything. We do believe that everything happens for a reason. And we know that we're meant for more. So therefore, we're unwilling to stop until we find what that more is. So I love what you said, because I 100% agree. Yeah. So my next question that I'm curious about is what have been the fears that you've had to overcome through all of this? Because I'm sure it's been a lot of new things, especially in the last year, because, um, you know, you had been with indirect sales for so long. So I think there's habits that we build as we're successful and you kind of just repeat those over and over. And yes, there's new challenges, but a lot of times we habits of success. So for you, whether it was the beginning of your direct sales business or whether um, it was the beginning of this new business that you're building currently, what were the fears that you had to, that you were faced with and that you had to overcome? Yeah. So I think that everyone has fears when they're going to step out into their greatness and, and, you know, making that decision for me to leave a secure six figure network marketing team, like literally like people are like, that's not logical. <laughs> Why would you do that? Right. Well, I agree. Right? When I heard, I was like, this what? does not make sense. Why would you do that? Your, your team must have been falling apart. Well, actually, no, it was exploding. Like We were earning yet another top level car. I mean, everything was on fire. But yet, I, I just felt like, okay, no, no, it's time. It's time to go, but I'm scared. And so for 10 months, I'm like, but what am I doing? I don't know what I'm doing. So I think that the typical fear is that I'm not going to succeed. Like, this is not going to work. And I had to push that aside and, and remember my purpose. My purpose is I, I honestly believe that I'm called to help network marketers and direct sellers own their awesome, live their dream life, and, and to show them how to do that in, in a multitude of different ways. But, but that was so my purpose and so my vision. And, and it became so crystal clear this year that I had to push aside, Michelle, you, you little quiet little thing, you can't do that and say, no, no, actually, what I say in my head is I'm great and I'm powerful and everybody likes me. And I remind myself <laughs> daily that I'm a sparkly unicorn. And it, you might say that's you ridiculous, this unicorn business. But I, it is, <laughs> I think as women, we're super emotional and we can get so wrapped up in this negative stuff. And so I just stop when a negative thought comes in or it's something about I'm not going to be able to do that. Oh, no, no. I'm so sorry. <laughs> that is not that thought's not allowed. You can do anything you set your mind to. I tell my children who are four and seven. No, I'm so sorry. You can do anything you set your mind to. You can do anything you set your mind to. And we say it so much around my house that when I'm like, mommy can't get that blanket across the room. You know, my kids will say, but mommy, you can do anything you set your mind to. And so. So I, I, I love think, it. <laughs> yeah, it's just that reminder that, that no, no, you are made for more. You are a sparkly unicorn own your awesome. And I just constantly am reminding myself of those things. And I also am really big on, on being grateful. Like when my brain stops to go to a negative thought and it starts to go, Oh, duh, 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 I stop that thought right there. And I say, what am I grateful for? And like last night I was lying in bed, I was going to have a negative thought and I stopped it. And I said, what am I grateful for? I'm grateful that I have a ceiling. I'm so grateful I'm in this Tempur-Pedic bed. I'm so thankful that I have blankets, like literally. And then my brain went to like little kids that are living in foreign countries that literally have nothing. And that stuff mm. breaks my heart. And I think sometimes we forget how blessed we are. We forget how blessed we are. The things that we have, the opportunities that we have, it is absolutely insane. And so just to bring your mind back to a grateful place and find joy in every step of the journey, even if something's frustrating, just let it go because literally we have a dream life. We, we really do. 
No, I agree. You know what? And, and you're so right. I think I have found such joy in, you know, having gratitude and refocusing my thoughts because I think it could be, you know, because of the fact that we are so blessed, I think it's so easy to go there, you know, to that place in our mind where we start thinking of everything we don't have and, you know, everything that might be going wrong or that, you know, whatever. And I think a lot of times if we can just center ourselves and bring ourselves back to that place of gratitude where we do, whether it's we write it down, we speak it out loud and we say, you know, what are the things that we do feel grateful for? Because as you mentioned, there are people that would take our life in a second Mm -hmm. with all the issues, with all the ups and downs, because in comparison to theirs, it's a beautiful life. And we have to really make sure that we do come back to that because we can easily get lost in everything we don't have and miss out on what's right in front of us, which is exactly what we have. So thank you for sharing that because I think it's so good. Now, what would you um, encourage anyone that's listening that is maybe allowing all these fears to paralyze them and are overthinking? I always, you know, used to hear analysis causes paralysis. And I so agree that I think that's why I make decisions on the spot and I act quickly before I talk myself out of it because that can happen and it happens very often. So what would you encourage someone that's listening who is thinking of whatever, stepping out on something, whether it's a business, whether it's a change of job, whether it's, you know, I don't know, whatever decision they're trying to make a big decision, what would you encourage them to do? Um, because I think it's so great what you've done and come, especially, you know, with your backstory and, just the different experiences you've had. And I love that you mentioned, you know, how you left this top, top position in a direct sales company. You didn't leave because you were being unsuccessful, but you left right in the middle of huge success. And that takes a lot of courage, number one. But like you said, you have to overcome that fear. So anyone that's listening, who's wanting to step out on faith, wanting to step out and kind of own their own awesome, what would you say to them? Yeah, so my advice for anybody that wants to own their awesome and step out and do something really crazy, it would be this. It would be take some time by yourself. Take your time at a coffee shop, grab a notebook, grab your headset, put it in, put on the Insight Timer. It's a app on the phone that plays like relaxing meditation music. And take two hours to really write down your vision for your life. Like, What is it that you really want? And I think that in order to do that, you have to pull yourself away from the madness that's going on in your home. Unless, of course, you live alone. But if you have children, (laughs) he's crazy. You can't think. (laughs) So leave your home, leave the madness and go somewhere quiet and a library, wherever it has to be. But write down your vision for your life. And I can remember doing this. Like I can remember being 25 and I would take a notebook on an airplane when I was on a trip and I would just write down the dreams I had for my life and what I wanted to look like. And it involved being a motivational speaker. Yet at that point in my life, I was like shy and introverted, hadn't really had any success other than like, yeah, I was working for someone else, but I had this vision. Like I just had this vision for my life and that's what I wanted. And I didn't know how, (laughs) like, I didn't know the path that it would come to happen, but I knew that if I had the vision, it would eventually happen. And I think writing down your vision and your dream and what you want to happen, you, you inadvertently start to do things to make that happen. So I would read that thing daily and I'd be like, huh, at a stupid job, hmm, not getting anywhere. Hmm, is any of this going to be achieved? 
no. <laughs> like, so we need to eventually make a change. And it took me probably three years after that to say, okay, now we're going to make a change. Okay. Now, now we're going to try to step into our greatness. And then I got into network marketing. I'm like, oh, this is really hard. I have to talk to humans. I have to like act like an extrovert, <laughs> you know, and that was super hard for me. But one of the best sayings that I heard from my friend that I carried with me all these years is successful women feel the fear and do it anyway. And I just like needed to hear that. I needed to hear that. I just thought that successful women were just like super smart, always put together. Everything was just perfect for their life. I really thought that's what it was. I honestly did. And then when I heard that, I was like, huh. So really anybody could be successful because a successful woman is just someone who feels fear and does it anyway. Um, and the other saying that I always ran with was, don't let one person dictate your success. Don't let one person dictate your success. And so I always, always played that in my heart. When I got a rejection for, you know, someone wanting to buy my product, I got a rejection for this opportunity. I got a rejection for someone wanting to join my team. I had something bad happen. Whatever it was, I'm so sorry. That is just one person. <laughs> so I always say that in my head. That is just one person. And the last one that I always say in my head, I'm a big head talker, as you can tell, but is <laughs> what other people think about me is none of my business, right? Like that's a pretty freeing statement. I think that women get stopped up and I did for years, probably until I was 30. I mean, really a long time. What other people think about me is none of my business. It really isn't. It's none of your business. And so you go out, you step into your greatness and you own your awesome. But I believe it starts with having a crystal clear vision of what you want your life to look like. Mm, that's good. Yes. Agree. A thousand percent agree. And I loved what you said at the end, because it's something that I've personally have struggled with, you know, just wondering what people think and just kind of worried about it for so long. And now almost at the age of 40, it's like, you know what? It is none of my business. Number one. And number two, what I've come to realize is that 99.9% .9 of the time, they're not even thinking about me. Because we're all the same as human beings, we're selfish, and we think about ourselves. So if at any point in time, we're worried about what they're thinking or what they're saying, I mean, most of the time, if not all the time, it's not about us. They're going through the same things we're going through. You know, they're feeling the same insecurities. They're wondering the same thing. And I just think we get so caught up on pleasing other people and making sure they like us and making sure, you know, that they're thinking good thoughts about us. And it's like, you know, they're not. <laughs> and, you know, understanding that and then understanding that we're enough and that, and I've, what I've always loved when I've, you know, watched you and, you know, share on social and whenever I've heard you speak is that you're so real and so raw, like you're just you. And, like you mentioned earlier, sometimes we see people that are perfect and it kind of, it takes us back a little bit because we can't relate to that. No one can. And what we realize as we mature is that whoever we're looking at, they're not perfect. That's just the part of them that we're seeing. And there's a lot of imperfection behind the scenes that they're just unwilling to share for one reason or another. And I think what I love most about this moment in time is the fact that there's more and more and more people that are willing to share those imperfections. They're willing to be vulnerable. You know, they're willing to be perfectly imperfect and they're okay with that. And they're 
owning that awesomeness because I think there's so much awesomeness in being unique in being you in being us so I just so appreciate that about you I mean I just want you to know that oh thanks you're so sweet I love that (laughs) (laughs) you're welcome anything else that you would like to share Michelle that you think might you know help out or I mean obviously I also want you to share a little information about what you're doing where people can find you um the courses that you're offering because hopefully people that are listening you know if there's any out there that are in direct sales of some sort you know can reach out and can benefit from the services that you offer because I for one can guarantee that or can vouch for the fact that they're really great and they're so simple and applicable that you just kind of take it, do it and it works. That's what I've done in the past, you know, in my business. And I love that. I love when something works because it motivates you to continue doing it. I feel when it's very difficult and it's challenging to make something work, we kind of just give up because we like quick results. So even if it's a small, quick result that we get, you know, it motivates us in that. And I feel that's what happens, you know, with, with your training, with anything that I've, you know, heard from you. So um, share with us where everyone can find you and all that good stuff, you know, where you're available online. But then before that, is there anything else that you would like to share? Well, I do want to commend you on having a podcast and for owning your awesome. So the imperfectly perfect podcast. I love that. Like I literally, I, did I say it right? The imperfect, did I say it? It's just backwards. Perfectly imperfect. I, I know. Sorry. <laughs> I looked at the picture. The perfectly imperfect podcast. I <laughs> see I'm not perfect. <laughs> no, but, I, <laughs> but like that's such the point. And I love that you are out there showing women that because I think that in this, this age of Instagram and perfect Facebook posts and all of that, People just need real. They need authentic. We need more of that because uh, let's be honest, life is crazy. Um, So I just commend you on stepping out into your greatness and having this podcast. And you've inspired me, girl. I haven't even started mine yet. So um, this really does inspire me to get mine going. So you're making an impact in the world. So thank you for that. Mm -hmm. Um, As far as like my training goes, I do. Probably the easiest way to find me is to go to Michelle Cunningham online. So it's M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E. Cunningham is C-U-N-N-I-N-G-H-A-M and then the word online.com. And if you click on resources, you'll see a variety of different courses that I have. So I do a a training. It's a CD series. It's an audio series with six different audios that teach people how to lead, generate and hold amazing parties and recruit like a machine and how to own your awesome, how to raise up new leaders and how to have really authentic conversations. Then I have another training on there. It shows you how to hold wildly profitable Facebook live parties in just 45 minutes. And another training I do is all about branding yourself. So for the last 10 years, I've inadvertently, like accidentally branded myself where I was just putting out free value and creating a following, not really knowing that that's what I was doing. I was just trying to help people. But um, there is such power in having a brand and um, what it can turn into for for anybody and, and no matter what industry you're in. So um so yeah, so that is, and then I've got a ton of freebies, a, a YouTube channel with tons of free training. It's direct sales, Michelle. And, um, and that's, that's basically it. But um, thank you again for having me on, Leslie. I, I admire you and your podcast and you're such a smooth, like you're a relaxing talker. <laughs> so you're, you're really good at this. I, I'm a little spazzy. I'm a little like, blah, 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 blah. so I would have to uh, show. No, but you know what? <laughs> You're so funny because someone told me that um, when they first heard my podcast, they're like, oh, you know, you remind me of some person, I forget if it was a guy or girl, who does a a uh, radio show and 
I think it goes on either early in the morning or late at night and it's just relaxing. I'm like, really? I've yeah. never thought of myself. I mean, not when I'm with my kids, I'm not relaxing. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, there's what the mama bear comes out. But um, I just, I thank you. I thank you for just jumping on for your time because I know you are busy with the kids and your business and, and everything else I'm sure that you have going on. So I just appreciate you taking the time to share your story with us, encourage everyone to just step out, own their greatness. And I'm looking forward to hearing your podcast for sure. And I'll make sure to link um, your, you know, your, your uh, website online and YouTube channel onto the, the notes, the details under this episode. Oh my gosh, you guys, thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Perfectly Imperfect. I hope you truly enjoyed it. Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to share this episode with your friends and family. Make sure you rate the episode and the podcast and also make sure you leave a review. Thank you again so much for listening to Perfectly Imperfect.